I got a good message from a recruiter this week <laughs> on uh, the infamous LinkedIn. Ah, were they uh, offering you riches and the whole world? Uh, not quite. You know, they're looking for someone with excellent C sharp and .NET skills. It's quite quite relevant to what I was doing using modern methods. Um, but it starts like this. Hi, Rob. Thank you for accepting my request. Strong start. <laughs> I just thought I was uh, kind of summed up a lot of how I feel about recruiters. Anyway, apart from that, it was pretty uh, innocuous compared to some others. Recruiters are getting in touch with me more and more, which is, I guess, good. But I find a lot of it is just because of keywords on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Like you put you put one keyword and poof, they swoop in. And go, wow, this person wants to work in Dubai and London, even though they live in Cornwall and have been working for two months. They must want to be a lead developer for this massive company. Are you getting them all through LinkedIn? Uh, at the moment, yeah. Oh, well, it'll start coming on email and, and every other channel that you can get eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, something to look forward to there. Hi. Hi, hope you're well. <laughs> oh, maybe I've been lucky then. Hi, Ed. This one. Got my name right. That's a start. That's better than better than a lot of them. I mean, most of them are about Python. Maybe I maybe um maybe I don't mind recruiters. Hi Ed, I am keen to link in. I'm a tech rec specialising in SW. I appreciate you're likely happy at the Mo, Mo with a thingy. Well, letters are expensive. Apostrophe. Yeah. If you're thinking of a move, I have a long-term Java contract in London. They always sound like slightly reasonable at first, the first couple of sentences, and then suddenly it's, oh, I've got a great opportunity that's for three months in a whole other country that you've never been to before. <laughs> um, percent, first name, percent. Be the leader your organisation needs. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I think you, uh, you, you wanted to do this question. Tom. We're often talking about recruiters and we're often quite dismissive. Um, and there's a lot of jokes to be had at the expense of recruiters, I think. Um, and quite justifiably so, I suspect. Um, but I did want to talk about it because, well, to be honest, I got my last job through a recruitment agency, kind of. And I got my current job through a recruitment agency. And we've used recruitment agencies to hire people in certain levels. And they can actually be really useful. And sometimes they can be a really useful contact. I think the problem is the kind of wheat to ch wheat to chaff ratio is quite bad. I think there are a lot of chances out there and a lot of people that are not adding value to the ecosystem. That means it's really hard to know what is worth pursuing or not, and particularly when you're first starting out before you've got experience of dealing with them. So essentially the problem is contacting people too much. <laughs> And contacting people for things that they have zero skills in. Like you say, just chancing it and trying to think, oh, this person is coding, so I'll just send this message out to thousands of people. It's not personalized other than the uh, automatic filling in of your first name. Is that your problem? Almost, because I wouldn't mind if it was automated if they were actual opportunities. If someone is putting a lot of budget behind, well, they've got a, they've got a good role that they want to fill and they're just spamming everyone that's almost forgivable i don't i'm not quite as annoyed by that kind of side of things because at least at the end of it some of what they're saying is true i think often the problem with recruiters is that they are acting as middlemen and sometimes they're unofficial middlemen so they kind of there's a tendency for them to see a job advertised just in the public in the public sphere 
reword it to make it sound really fantastic and then approach people as if they are the sole kind of point of entry for this position. So they will approach you as a developer and say, oh, I've got this fantastic position I think you would be a perfect match for. I've been looking at the criteria. It really matches everything that's on your GitHub profile and on your LinkedIn. Um, you're a really good fit for X for these three reasons. And it can sound really promising. And often the the numbers they throw around are quite inviting as well. And at the end of it, there's nothing to show for it. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying this, but it sounds quite bitter, but I've not actually ever followed through on them. But you can just tell sometimes. And then often if you Google how, if you Google a key paragraph from their recruit from their first email you'll see that advertised somewhere and you can decide to step them entirely there's only so many different companies in particularly when you're looking for something local in the southwest for instance people are trying to advertise everywhere they can if they're hiring and if you hear about it through a recruitment agency take five minutes to think where's this job based what is its what is its key requirements in terms of qualifications or um, code languages used Google it, you'll probably find the company and they'll probably be applying and you can, they'll probably be, they'll probably have a position open on their website and you can apply to them directly. So that's why you've come to the slightly leading, leading question. Can you trust recruiters? I think we should start with it depends and then get to something, more, <laughs> get to something more useful later because on the face of it, it depends. It depends who the recruiter is. It depends what the context that they're approaching you is. But I mean, 80% of the time, no, not really, I think. I've never um, I've never actually responded to any of these messages. All I know about recruiters is that uh, I got my job in teaching through them. <laughs> um, so, and like you say, you got your job. It sounds like both, right, a couple of jobs through recruiters. So I think, yeah, I think there are some good things to say about them, but you need to filter out the ones that uh, are not relevant to you or look a bit dodgy. And I guess there's some sort of red flags, like maybe not saying your name properly percent first name percent things like that <laughs> do you have any uh, red flags that you would immediately think this is one of those ones that is not going to go anywhere oh definitely uh not knowing the difference between java and javascript and like, having a very loose definition of what the role is that's definitely the biggest red flag i think and any sign that it's automated is a big red flag that means yeah, going that's going straight in the bin. And I think the reason it's worth talking about is because it's it is very much like email. It's like you get we get we all get a lot of spam email, but it doesn't mean that email is not useful and that we shouldn't pay attention to certain emails. I think there's a high the high noise to signal ratio in recruitment. But then like email, you're going to get that situation where if you just write them all off completely, then you're going to miss out on some really fantastic opportunities probably. Potentially. Yes. Um talk me through your teacher experience then of a recruiter i want to see if it's different in a different industry i i'm trying it was a long time ago um so i think i submitted my details to the recruiter so i think this is where it's different to the tech industry but i think there's things like this in the tech industry aren't there well let's go so, let's, let's come back to that in a minute then yeah. after after the story i um so i submit my details like my essentially my cv but it was a form to the recruiter and then they would ring me every hour. <laughs> well, they, they rang me quite quickly, actually, with a couple of roles. So I submitted my details. And then they, I think they took my details and offered them up to the schools, to like the schools that they had an offer. And then they would say, oh, yes, we're interested in that person. And then the recruiter would come back to me and say, OK, this this job is looking for, is interested in you. Um, so would you like 
an interview with them, essentially. I think that's what happened. And then they're actually really good. Um, I, when I, I think when I went up for the day or before I started, I went in to the recruiter's like office and had like a mini interview, like chat with them, like face to face, just had a little conversation about what I was interested in. Once I got the job, then they kind of rang back a, like a month and then six months later, just to check everything was all right. And if I was looking for a new role <laughs> or anything, um, so I assume their uh, bonus or something is based on the based on finding people and them staying for a certain amount of time. Like I had something similar with you, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's the, generally the business model for that kind of, for any recruitment person. Like, the reason they're spamming you is because they stand to make money at the end of it. Uh, and they make money by saying, if they fill a role, generally it's like, it's quite, it can be quite a lot of money. It can be like 25% of a yearly salary for the person that they, the position they hire for. They get that either up front. Uh, generally speaking, I think they get like a small percentage to start with and then the rest after the employee has stuck around for a certain amount of time either mm. three or six or 12 months um i felt though with the recruiter roles that they i don't know if they felt less like less good jobs yeah than like the ones i found on like there's the it's called the tes has like the jobs board for t for all schools and it feels like i'm not sure if because you had to pay quite a lot of money to advertise on the TES. And that's the, sure the if... Times Educational Supplement? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're, but now it's all online. And it's, that's, I think that's where the majority of teacher jobs are advertised. So that's where that's like, that would be the first place you go, which the tech industry doesn't really have, I've noticed. But yeah, so I felt like they were less, I don't know, I guess they were le felt like they were less authentic maybe <laughs> than the ones on TS that were like kind of just saying, well, we don't need recruiters. You like we are we're doing well enough that people can just come and apply to us. But I'm not sure. But then if you say like it depends if the recruiters are making a lot of money, then that that will obviously cost cost more. So I'm not actually not sure about that. Yeah, I suppose in the in the tech world the parallel the parallels are very similar, it sounds like. In tech there's a lot there are a lot of job boards out there and you often see a difference between the kind of jobs that you find on a job board and the kind of jobs that you're um, targeted by recruiters for. So um, generally speaking, I think it's a question of name recognition. So you're right, the more maybe perhaps quote unquote more exciting jobs are perhaps advertised, are not as advertised as heavily. Um, and you may even find when you look at, I don't, certainly when you look at even to go down to the other end and look at the really small, like three or four man teams or person teams that are putting together like a web agency, for instance, or a really small software shop, um, they'll often say, no recruiters, please, on their job efforts. Um, and in fact, that's at all, all scales, really, across the board. But uh, some places are just very anti-recruiters and they just want to rely on their own networks and brand recognition. And some and people will pay to put job ads on job boards, like the Shop Talk job board, for instance. Um, I think you, you pay to get a promoted spot on that. The really key point is the difference between recruiters who have a relationship with the company they're hiring for, their advertising jobs for, and those that don't. I think in your instance, it sounds sounds like in the teaching world, you had there's the job board thing, which is the Times Educational Supplement, um, and it's good. It seems like it's quite a mature. It's a mature industry. It seems like there's there's one place that everyone goes, and that's like where you advertise if you're advertising for the top talent. And then there's places that don't have name recognition that maybe will perhaps go through a recruiter. And some will some will do both. But the recruiter is a way of making a more concerted 
pitch to a specific candidate for for a for a job that could be really well suited to them that doesn't necessarily sound amazing or doesn't have like a big name behind it doesn't have name recognition for the company so you would maybe not have noticed it previously because there's lots of jobs on the job boards but if a recruiter targets you specifically because you are a fit for the role that's quite a compelling pitch that's quite a useful skill to have and that's something that maybe people who are employers don't have the time don't have the time to look through everyone just browse github looking at people's looking at people's profiles and approaching people who look suitable whereas a recruiter might have a database of candidates and then when a particular role comes they try and match them that's like the dream scenario that's how i imagine it working when it works really really well um and what i did my only experience of success with a recruiter is the kind of op- it's the where you flip that situation in the same way that it sounds like you did with yours where you're giving a recruiter your details the recruiter has pre-existing relationships with a load of companies and then almost pitches you to them rather than the other way around so i went through a platform called talent io and that's essentially like the pr- the principle is that you submit your details to this recruitment agency and then for a set period of time they will advertise your specific role to a whole load of companies who have paid to access their database of candidates. So it's not open. You can't just, a company just can't just rock up and, and look at the list of candidates. They have to pay and sign a, sign an agreement with the agency to look at their pool of candidates. And the idea is that that is a curated pool. So you have to, rather than someone just emailing out of the blue, you have to fill in a form, you have to submit, you have to have certain, meet certain criteria. And then there's an interview stage with the recruiter where they get to know you and what your ambitions are and what your what your salary level is and what your experience level, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they're coming pre-armed so that when they're presented to the company, there's already a certain level of like security in knowing that there's probably there's probably going to be a good fit. Yeah, I think that's a really nice way of going about like getting a job, isn't it? Is uh, kind of you are the one like companies are looking at you. You don't have to, you don't have to do the legwork essentially, other than kind of signing up to the to this talent agency you don't need to spend ages trawling through job boards like returning messages to recruiters you've got this kind of one place where you can hear people and i guess you would do that with a multitude of other things as well but that's kind of it kind of takes a bit of the pressure off the person applying yeah and i think the real killer pitch is that the companies apply to you almost in that scenario to kind of be a bit funny about it um which actually is the reality. You end up getting, you get to select which ones you want to proceed with. Yeah, and then you get that confidence that, well, they've looked at my CV and they thought this is the, someone that we would want to work for us. So you don't have to feel like uh, you can. You can already feel a bit of confidence going into that recruitment process. That kind of you're in charge. You're the one deciding whether you want that job or not. Well, maybe not. You might not get the final decision, but you'll you'll be able to decide whether you want to take that process further. Yeah, and I think there's a psychological advantage in that the company has, or they may not have paid money up front, but they've certainly signed a contract to pay money at some point if they go through with it. So they're only looking for serious candidates through that scenario. So they've obviously looked at you and thought, no, even if we have to pay the pay the fee, it's worth it for that. And that's a, a, yeah, a good vote of confidence. Mm, so that's a really... Uh yeah, so that's this is kind of a world away from spam emails, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is so. I think it's it feels like a very different type of recruiter, even though their job titles are probably the same. Yeah, and there are other platforms that follow that similar model. I think Hired were the 
maybe the first and the biggest. Um, I've also talking of these like companies that do this sort of thing. I've heard of um, one called TopTal. Have you heard of that? Is that where you have to submit some kind of horror? You have to go through some really weirdly worded questions and do like a like an exam. Yeah, that's right. You have to kind of you have to supposedly your companies can hire the top three percent of freelance talent. So if you uh, if you think if you think you're in the top three percent, you have to pass all these tests first. Um, so I guess you're kind of doing your interview to get onto the system. Um, but yeah, like you say, I've, you've heard of, well, I've, I think it was posted on the Cornwall Geeks group, wasn't it? About people talking about how, um, there are some really odd questions that come up. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess that seems like an artificial way of them making it the top 3% because they make the questions needlessly obtuse. And then suddenly 97% of people who apply don't get through. I think that's how they can justify saying top 3%. Developer talent. Top three percent of people who are very good at kind of very specific but complex problems. Mm. <laughs> it's not necessarily the top three percent, but it's a three percent of the people that applied. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that that model though of having outsourcing freelance talent almost like you're not hiring a full time employee in that scenario. You're just hiring a block of man hours essentially to work on a, on a problem. I think is how that works. So maybe not quite the same as uh, what we're talking about. No, maybe not. But it is that same level of it's you apply. You, it's like a, a pre-selected pool of candidates. That kind of is, I think, the core of that model, um, as opposed to specific targeting by by emails that start with "Hi, hope you're well." <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of the differences I've seen is, or one of the differences that I've seen between the tech world and the uh, kind of teacher world is that in the tech in tech world it seems a lot of hiring comes from not necessarily recruiters themselves but knowing people and having that like name name dropping essentially isn't it i didn't see that happening in the the teacher sphere whereas that seems like a much more common thing is like knowing knowing someone going oh i've heard about that person yeah i can introduce you yeah that's an interesting thing i kind of assume that that happens everywhere but i guess maybe perhaps not i don't know I feel like if you're looking on Indeed for a job uh, in tech, you've kind of you've maybe missed the mark, and that's not where the things are. Like when I first started out, I was like, "Oh, what's a job board? Uh, oh, Indeed, that's a job board. Let's look for software jobs on there." And very weird results you get on there. Whereas actually, where the jobs are is very different, and sometimes people people don't even know about them at all. So you're kind of reliant on recruiters to like spread awareness. And sometimes it is much more a question of personal network. But are you say, saying teaching is not like that? Um, not, not really. No, but I just probably because there's such a scarcity of job, good jobs out there, probably as opposed to the tech world where there's loads of companies and they're always seem to be recruiting people. Um, that is like there are a set number of secondary schools or whatever. And if you're in Cornwall, for example, there's like five secondary schools. So just because you know someone is not really going to make much of a difference because those jobs just don't come up as often. Do you think it might also be a function of certification as well? Because you're either qualified to be a teacher or you're not, whereas it's a little bit more amorphous in the software world. Yeah, I guess you don't need to have that kind of that. I mean, it's, it always helps, doesn't it? But you don't you don't need to have that um one to one connection with someone that's already at that school because like there is a there is a set way of applying and everyone has a teaching qualification and has done a degree and yeah so i think that you're definitely right there 
um, in that qualification makes a difference. Whereas yeah. in the tech world, that's a lot, uh, very different, isn't it? Yeah. And I think tech companies as well seem to, there's a big, there's a lot of instances of, of hubs, tech hubs. People want to, tech companies want to be near other tech companies. So it happens a little bit in Cornwall, but very much so in London is all the tech companies are kind of near each other. Everybody, or like, you're, like if you want to do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon through the tech talent of London, I think you probably could very easily get from any one company to any one other company and maybe two or three people that know each other. Just by standing in <laughs> Liverpool Street Station, probably. Yeah, or on a Silicon Roundabout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you just walk up and down Shoreditch a couple of times and someone will offer you a developer job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's a sense that people are poached, people are recommended, people come through personal networks, people meet at events like that and are naturally probably going to be move in similar circles whereas for teaching you're spread out and schools you don't put schools right next to each other generally speaking yeah Yeah, that's a good point um and i guess that's a that's a form of recruitment in itself isn't it like uh going out being at conferences being at these companies being at these different places is it seems like a quite a common way of them recruiting people yep i think the direct like not not a recruiter but someone from the company reaching out and asking you if you want to come and work for them uh, that's happened to me i've got i've got a, a job in the past through meeting someone at a conference and like just spun out of a conversation that happened there um so that happens a lot um and that's slightly different because that i wouldn't call that a recruiter approach because it's the business themselves like headhunting so to speak i feel like we might be missing something i feel like there's a level at which the individual recruiter making a one-on-one approach on behalf of a company to a candidate has value but i don't know I don't even have any anecdotal evidence of that happening. <laughs> it probably does happen. But it just yeah. hasn't happened to us. <laughs> or maybe it has and you've just you've got this view in your head of recruiters, so you've just kind of swept them under the carpet and ignored all of them. Well, generally speaking, if they email me and they know a little bit about me, so say I often, quite often we'll get approached about um, data visualization positions and I want to keep that line of communication open. I will respond nicely because they obviously, that job is a, would be a really good fit for me. I'm just not in the market for a new job at the moment. So no, thanks for, I, I will always in that instance, send a nice email back saying, well, thank you very much for considering me. Not looking at the moment, but yeah, please keep keep me in mind if, if opportunities like this come up again. Um, it's nice to know about them. Um, and in those instances, you can get, you can have, and I don't want to say a good relationship, but you can have a relationship with recruiters that is not spammy. But it's that they have to have passed that first test of, is this a relevant thing in the first place? If it's yeah, someone approaching me about a Java position, no, no, you don't know the difference between Java and JavaScript. You failed the first test. I'm not even going to respond straight into the bin, goes that email. But there's a level at which, if it's a bit more personalized, I've seen evidence, evidence of tailored emails, like approaches that are not the classic spammy stuff. They actually are relevant. And that if I was looking, would be something I would chase up. Um, so they must be out there. I think that people are trying hard. Yeah, and it's always worth at least giving them a glance, not just immediately deleting a message, for example, but actually just having a quick brief look over it and see if it's something that might be of interest to you, especially if you're in, in the looking for a job. I mean, it's probably worth, might even be worth replying to them all. <laughs> it's also an ego boost, isn't it? To like, oh, someone wants me. That feels good. Well, that's, <laughs> I was going to say that. There's the, I felt the, uh, felt empowered with the first time I got a recruiter email. I mean, oh, I've made it. <laughs> it's, va- it's validating, isn't it? Yeah. Even though I was like three months in and I'd just put that I'd done a Python project. 
<laughs> on LinkedIn. That was it. Yeah, boom. Yeah, it's that keyword automated stuff that is just a bit gross. Um, and I think so often the things that they're the things that they're saying are not necessarily completely true. And also it's like, oh, we think you'd be a really good fit for this, but we also think 50 other people would be a good fit and the can the company themselves will take a different view and be looking maybe at CVs with a, a looking at different criteria or yeah, you might get past that first like the recruiter is interested in you sure is the company as well maybe not so much you can feel like i think it would be very easy to get sucked into the trap of feeling like you're being courted and they're headhunting you when actually like it's still just a normal blind application to a job the company doesn't know you from anybody and they don't know you're not getting preferential treatment but the recruiter makes you feel like you are so maybe you you try harder to get it yeah so i guess it's just important to be careful <laughs> And uh, don't don't get your hopes up too much when you're uh, dealing with a recruiter. Mm. It seems like our combined recommendation would be that an official agency kind of scenario where the people that you're, the recruiters you're talking to have a direct established relationship with the companies uh, for the jobs that they're advertising. That's a good thing. That's something that people should, should move towards. The unsolicited, hey, hope you're well, emails are maybe once, maybe just worth blanket avoiding. Or are we saying there's some that, are worth paying attention to. I guess there's you. You will have your own set of kind of red flags when reading these uh, messages from them. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to kind of filter out those ones that aren't of interest to you. And yeah, I guess just slowly build up your uh, your tolerance. And the more the more you receive, the the easier it will be to spot the ones that that probably aren't any good. But you, you'll, I guess you'll have to go through a stage of uh, dealing with some some bad ones. Mm. I think so. The advice is to people who are new to the field don't get sucked into the hype treat start from a position of being skeptical and learn as you go what level you should reduce that skepticism yeah i think that's a that's a good piece of advice but i would say especially if you're starting off never just write them off completely it might be something that is of interest thanks very much for listening uh, make sure you're subscribing and check us out on twitter at aqo code and you can find us online at aqoc.dev As always, if you have anything to contribute, uh, if you think we've missed something, we've got something wrong, you disagree completely, or even if you really do agree with us, that's much better, please get in touch and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're a recruiter and you now hate us. (laughs) Or maybe you've got a fantastic Java opportunity to pitch to us. (laughs) Maybe you're one of the good recruiters, though, and we'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, I think getting the other side of the story would probably actually be pretty useful, wouldn't it? I mean, this is another one of those scenarios where we butt up against our combined lack of experience see you next time bye bye